Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. We're here today live with Lively Lap, and welcome to everyone. And I thought we would just start with a brief review of last week. Somebody give me, if you can, a Latin word that is exactly spelled the same in Latin as in English. Per diem? Yep. Okay. Well, that's a Latin phrase, but okay. uh, I would say that's a phrase. Okay. Give me a phrase. Per diem. What's per diem mean? Per day. Per day. It's usually like an allowance you get to yeah. meet your expenses. Like so give me day. another Latin phrase. Caveat emptor. Very good. What's caveat emptor mean? Buyer beware. Buyer beware. Let the buyer, let the buyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let the buyer. Yes, right. Yeah. Anybody else have one? Uh, Anno Domini. All right. Good job. Anno Domini. What does that mean? Um, in the year of our Lord. In the year of our Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, can somebody give me an English word? Or a, a Lat, an English word that comes right from Latin with no change in spelling. Versus. Going, versus. Versus is one. Give me another one. Boy. Somebody might have said it and I didn't hear it. Anti. <laughs> All right. Anti. That's kind of a prefix, but it, yes, it is. What else? Oh, in Virus. Against. Yes, virus. Uh, good job. Virus. virus yes. In poison. Yeah. Yes. What else? Um, oh, Gary, Meryl, um, Emporium. 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 Yeah. Okay, there's Emporium. one. How about Emporium. syllabus? How about syllabus? I don't know, but syllabus? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it on my list. Okay. I wouldn't say it isn't. I didn't see it on my list, but it sounds like one that would come from there. How about aqueduct? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, that's, okay. not, not really. that's not a Latin no. word. Yes, no, that's yes, not a Latin word. What is an aqueduct, though? Condensed water. water. Yeah, it's a pipe, and the Romans invented them, and they they are in Rome, and they're all over Europe, and they had them so they could carry water from a river into a house, and the Romans actually had running water in their houses. And there's a kind of oh. a funny, there's kind of a funny story about this. Um, some people would try to do like they do today. You know, there's some people today who will try to steal electricity from the electric company. They will hook their own wires up. It's kind of dangerous when people do it. The Romans sometimes would try to steal water. They would sneak in and hook up to the aqueduct without paying <laughs> the fee. And so the water officials caught someone doing that. And so they didn't say anything to them. They just simply unhooked the aqueduct and hook a urine pump up to it. Oh, and they said that was the last time that guy ever stole water. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, that's an aqueduct. One more, one more English word that comes um, right into English without any change. Um, addendum, yes, addendum. Okay, good <laughs> that's a good, good one. <laughs> now, I thought uh, before we go into our new stuff, mainly what I want to talk about today is pronunciation and give you a few little uh, things you can say to each other in Latin, even though Latin mm-hmm. isn't really well. In fact, let me start with saying this rhyme. You've all heard this rhyme, I know. Chris Ball said it to me my second or third day of Latin because we had Latin in her room. And I thought, how dare she say that? But she did. And that is this little poem. Latin is a dead language, as dead as dead can be. Killed old Julius Caesar, and now it's killing me. (laughs) 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 
Uh, <laughs> or, or sometimes they change it and say Latin is a good language as dead as it can be. It killed the Romans and now it's killing me. You can say it either way. But, <laughs> you know, is that a true, is that poem true? No. 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 Is Latin a dead language? No, because no. we have a lot of words from it. And if you know Latin, it's easy for you to figure out what words mean. You're correct, but not technically. Technically, Latin is a dead language. Yeah. That is true. Why? No little babies are walking around goo-gooing and cooing in Latin. Right. That's, That's true. the definition of a dead language. No one is, I don't think there are any babies walking around cooing in Latin. Now, there may be, because there are some Latin teachers today who want to teach their students conversational Latin, and they may have, and there are you can go on the internet and look up conversational Latin. There are people having conversations in Latin, talking about all kinds of things. Uh, there may be someone teaching their baby to talk in Latin. Hello? I doubt that seriously, but they could. Hi, but that's yeah, the definition yeah. of a dead language. However, you're right, Jane. Dead does not mean no. useless or yeah. no good or anything like that. Right. And <laughs> most people that learn Latin don't learn Latin to speak it. Uh, they learn Latin to learn to read it and write oh, it. And learn no, words and there's someone words. speaking to somebody. But the, uh, there are some teachers who say that you can learn Latin oh, wow. if you do it conversationally. And so that's why we're going to sort of just today fool around a little bit oh, with some conversation yeah. just to get, keep you guys, get your tongues used to saying Latin and that kind okay. of thing. All right. Now, so let's just go around a little bit. If you want to speak, raise your hand. I'd like you to tell me your name, whether you ever had a foreign language, and why, and, and by the way, you don't have to have ever had a foreign language, and why you wanted to take this course. Jane, please unmute. Okay, here I am. Um, I took, of course, uh, we all know from last time, I took four years of Latin in high school with Gary. He did a lot more with it than I did. Um, but then in college, I took three years of Spanish. And I, I wanted to take this class because I've always enjoyed Latin and, and what, what knowledge it's given me. So, um, and I, I was sort of curious as to what it was going to be about. So I'm glad I'm here. Phone number 626, area code, please. Unmute with star six. This is Gloria Broderick, and um, I love languages and words and all that kind of stuff. And I, I took about five years of Spanish, and uh, I, I have never taken Latin before, but I have looked at, I have looked at um, Latin things and and. So that sort of goes along with my love of language and words and stuff. So. Very good. Well, anyone else? Nora? Yeah, hi, everybody. Um, it's Nora, and I like this. I have learned some Spanish a different couple of times, a few times, and from one time from my neighbor and other time from the Arizona Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired. And with Latin, I would love to learn very, very beginner Latin, because I'm interested in knowing what, what it's like to learn Latin, and I've never learned Latin before, so i like to learn how to say words in Latin first. Very good. 
Chanel, thank you. Please unmute. Hello. I unfortunately missed the class last week, and I may have to step out for a minute in the middle, but I've always wanted to learn Latin as kind of a key to unlocking the other languages, and it's just neat to learn how much even some of our English words come from Latin. I did take French in high school and a little bit in college, and um, I've tried to dabble in some other languages, too. Weren't you Thank in that you conversational French class I was in? I was. Uh, oh yes, I was. And oh, then I, I it's I I couldn't understand and I felt so bad because I couldn't really understand much of what she was saying and I'm not my best at nine o'clock at night. So. I thought you were doing very well. I should go back to that class. She was doing a nice job. I just got busy and. I know I should go back she as didn't well. Really need me, you know. Although she liked having somebody to speak French with. I use the Duolingo app, which is not as good, but, you know, something I can do every day and right, it's kind of right. fun. So anyway, thank you for having this. Thank you for inviting me into your home. Anyone else? Andrea. Hi. Um, I took four years of French in high school as well as some Spanish. I also took French in college. I had thought briefly about majoring in it, but I didn't end up doing that. But I am really interested in words and the roots of words. And my father was an attorney, so I grew up with a lot of, um, unbeknownst to me, a lot of Latin words, you know, that he used. And I was always interested in what they meant. And I'm probably a frustrated lawyer, too. I, I think I should have gone, probably gone to law school. And I was really, because Tom and I are really good friends, and I was anxious to see what kind of teacher Gary was. So I, that was, I was also curious to see what how this would, how the class would go. So I'm really, this is fascinating. Anyone, why don't we take about two more maybe, and then we'll do some more next week if you want to. Next person is Kashia. It's Keisha, sorry. Oh, okay. It's not how it's spelled on the, the, the display. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, w I took uh, an exploratory class in, in like in middle school where, you know, we learned a tiny bit of, French, Spanish, and German, um, but it was like really basic uh, things. And so uh, I've always been interested in uh, other languages, and I heard that Latin is uh, where, where a lot of languages come from, or the um, words of different languages. So uh, interested in, in learning that. Okay. Gary, we, we, have, we have two more hands. Why don't we take two of them then, since that's what you got. Robin, please unmute. Um. My name is Robin Hughes, and I'm delighted to be a student in this class. Thank you for having me. And my foreign language background is um, I took two years of Spanish in high school, and I took four years of Hebrew in college and lived abroad and studied abroad in Israel. And I wanted to um, study Latin because I minored as an undergraduate in philosophy. And so I, Latin was integral to the study of philosophy. And so I really felt that um, I was at a disadvantage when I was an undergraduate, having not um, studied Latin. And um, I, um, I knew Gary growing up. Um, he was a teacher in the school system where I was a student, and um, he encouraged me to study Latin, and I 
always wish that um, I had taken his advice. So I'm taking his advice now, <laughs> over 30 years later. <laughs> She's coming to us from Lakeside. Okay, I want to talk today about pronunciation of Latin. Latin is a very easy language to pronounce. There are really no silent letters except for the H in the combination PH. And it's not even silent. You simply say P instead of P as it would be for just a piece like you say elephantus for elephant. Uh, but other than that, there are no silent letters. And so everything's pretty much pronounced uh, as I'm going to teach you. There is one little tiny problem, however, and you may have run into this problem if you've ever been in a choir. There are two totally different systems of pronouncing Latin. One is the Roman system, and one is the Roman Catholic system. So things that are written by the Romans are pronounced differently in Latin than things that were written during the Middle Ages by the Catholic Church. There's not much difference, but there's some difference. And just in case you guys have never heard Latin much being read, I'm going to read you something that you know very well in English. I'm going to read you the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag in Latin. And I'm going to first of all read it Roman pronunciation. And then I'm going to read it Catholic pronunciation and see what you hear different. Okay, here's the Roman system. Fidem meum, obli Fidem meum obligo vexillo civitati. Americae foderatorum. Et rei publicae proquastat fidelitatem spondeo. Uninatione deo ducente non dividendae um, cum libertate justitiaque omnibus. Now I'm going to read it this time in the Catholic pronunciation. Fidem meam obligo vexillo civitatium. Americae foederatarum acrei publicae pro quastat uninatione deo ducente non dividende cum libertate justitiaque omnibus. Did you hear any differences? The V and the W. V yep. W yep. W. The, the Roman Catholic system uses the V as V, like we do. The, the Roman system uses the W. Uh, so that's the, that's a big difference. A-E is pronounced I in the Roman system and A in the Catholic system. And I mispronounced one word, justitia, in the Roman system should be justitia in the Catholic system. So uh, there are a few little differences, but not too many. The, and, and basically the rule is if you're reading something written by the Romans, use the Roman system. If you're reading something written by the Roman Catholics, use the Roman Catholic system. And by the way, the biggest disobeyer of that rule and it's kind of a shame was mel gibson mel gibson if you if you saw if you did see the um the um uh passion i couldn't think the name of it, was it if you saw the passion when it was out years ago instead of having the character speak with roman pronunciation mel gibson had him speaking um had him speaking with catholic system and so I could understand it, but I would have understood it a lot better if they used the Roman system. And certainly Jesus and them weren't walking around speaking Catholic Latin. Um, they And they had, some of it was in Hebrew and some of it was in Latin. The Roman soldiers all spoke in Latin and the and the Jesus and all, they spoke in, in Hebrew. So Mel should have done it a little different than he did, but he knew Catholic Latin better and that's why they did it that way. Anyway, pronunciation. There are the same vowels in Latin that you have in English, A-E-I-O-U. 
However, in Latin, every vowel can either be short or long. So, for example, a short A would sound like ah, uh, ah, uh, like that. And a long A would go ah, uh, almost like you would sound if the doctor were looking at your throat. Ah. Uh. So now I'm going to say the short A and then the long A. And I want you to say it with me, but maybe you ought not to uh, say it aloud. Sort of say it to yourself or else mute, because otherwise it'll make a mess on Zoom here. It goes ah, 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 ah. Short A, long A. Now, E. Short E is like eh. Long E is like A. So, eh, A. Short E, long E. Eh, A. I is like, short I is like eh. Long I is like E. So, you say eh, E. Eh, E. Short O is like oh. Like somebody hits you in the stomach. Oh. And the short, the uh, long O is like Oh, but don't make it Baltimore County. Oh, don't say oh. It's like oh, 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 oh. And the U, short U is uh, long U is ooh, uh, ooh, uh, ooh. So I'm going to say the short vowel followed by the long vowel. Ah, ah, eh, a, eh, e, oh, oh, uh, ooh. And the thing that makes this very pretty is that in Latin, if you're reading poetry especially, you hold the long vowels a little bit longer than you hold the short vowels. So it's almost like music. Um, in music, you have eighth note or you have quarter notes and half notes. And it's almost like that with these vowels. And so now how do we know if a vowel is long or not? Uh, in beginner's textbooks, they put a little mark over a long vowel, and they, that long mark is called a macron or a, or a long mark, it's called a long mark. When I learned Latin, the long mark symbol was a WH. You put it before the vowel that had that long system. When Jane took Latin, and in the newer books, they use four, five, six plus the long mark. And I asked Robin, who is an expert with uh, the new Braille, UEB Braille, what they did in UEB, and she said for UEB, they put a dot four, and then dots four, six. So that's how you would do it. So if you have a braille display, when you read my notes, they will have, the long marks will have however you have your braille display set to read. Excuse um, me, Gary, that's, mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry, just wanted to correct you, it's um, three, six. It's a dot four, and then the next cell is dots three, what, six. What, 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 three, six, I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, three, six. I looked it up before I got on here, but I forgot it already. So four, three, six. So yeah. about four and three, six. Okay, good. So that's what you might get. Now, you don't even really have to know these most of the time, but once in a while, it makes a big difference. For example, the word F long E, M-I-N-A, famina means, anyone know? What is the word famina? It means woman. If you make it F short E M I N A pronounced femina, that means thighs. Oh, so femina woman, femina thighs. Wow. Okay, so you don't want to get those mixed up. Um, E S T short E S T S means he, she, or it is. Long E S T pronounced aced means he, she, or it eats. So it's a little difference. Um, if you put a long mark on any word that ends with an A, it changes the meaning slightly. So, for example, V-I-A means road or way, 
But vi long a, we are, means by way of or by means of a way. Whenever you change that short a to long a, it's going to change the meaning. So sometimes it's important to know the long marks. I never made my students write them in a word unless it changed the meaning. And so that's the only time that I would be strict about. But anyway, so ah, uh, ah, uh, a, e, oh, 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 that's how the vowels are pronounced. And then we also have what are called diphthongs. Anybody know what a diphthong is? Or sometimes people call them diphthongs. What's a diphthong? It's not a shoe, by the way. Is it two, two letters, letters that are together? Have yeah. one yep. sound. Yep, two letters that like make boy. one sound. Like what? Like boy. boy. You don't say boy. Either. You don't say, I live in a house. I live in a house. The OU has that house. And in Latin, we have six diphthongs. Now, I don't expect you guys, by the way, to remember all this. I'm going to send you some notes. I'm going to have to figure out with Cindy how to do that, but I'll, it'll be okay. some kind of link, and it might be in the invitation that you get next week. Um, I'm going to send you a link to some notes, and you'll be able to see these all written out. But they basically, A-E is I. That's what we see at the end of words, like eh, like we saw in America. Mm -hmm. A-E is I. Uh, A-U is owl. A-U is pronounced owl. O-E is pronounced oi. E-U is you. Um, let's see. A-E-I -E -E is A. And U-I is we. So I'm not going to worry you too much with them, but, but keep them in the back of your mind mm -hmm. as you see Latin words uh, written and as we, as we learn to say some things. Now, I thought we would... Uh, talk a little bit about consonants. Consonants are easy because they're very similar to English, but there are a few differences. Now, in the Roman system, C and G are always K or G. They always have the hard sound. H is, uh, oh, I already told you about H. It's usually pronounced like an H, except if it's PH. There is no J. Uh, well, some Latin books write a J. But really, the Romans didn't have a J. They use I as J. So if they want to write Julius, they were like I-U-L. And some modern textbooks do write J-U-L, just to keep you from getting confused. You pronounce it U, like Julius. Uh, there's no uh, K. There's no K in Latin. Um, the R is rolled. That's something Mrs. Young didn't teach us, but it is true. The R is rolled. So you say, Arripio. <laughs> um, which is something I couldn't do until I got to college. So T-I-O is T-O is, T you know, like not sh, like not sh, like in English. And in Catholic Latin, it's like justitia, let's say. V is W. V is like W. Um, and uh, that's about it, I guess. I guess we've covered the worst of it. Um, now, I thought we would... Uh, I thought we would have some fun today and learn to say a couple things in Latin, even though, you know, a lot of people don't do this. I thought I would teach you to say the pledge to the flag in Latin. And the reason is it's sort of stupid in a way. I mean, why would you need to say the pledge to the flag? But it's something we all know how to say in English. And it's kind of fun to learn to say it in Latin. My kids used to love it. They used to go to college and impress their college professors. I can say the pledge to the flag in Latin. They would say it. The professors would think they were brilliant. Um, so let's see if we can say it. And don't, again, repeat to yourself, because if you try to repeat on Zoom, it'll make a mess. Fidem meam obligo. Fidem meam obligo. 
two more words, Wexillo, he would talk to you. So, Fidem Mayam Obligo, Wexillo, he would talk to you. Fidem Mayam Obligo, Wexillo, he would talk to you. By the way, that doesn't say exactly the way we say it in English. It really means like, I, op- I oblige my faith, I, I obligate my faith, meaning I pledge, to the flag of the American states or the states of America. Um, Americae Federatarum. Americae Federatarum. And that means like the United States of America. Uh, at Republicae, Republicae means the Republic. You can probably guess that. Republicae uh, Proquasta. Republicae Proquasta. So let's do that much. Fidem meam obligo exilo kiwitati. Americae foderatarum et republicae proquasta. And to the republic by which it stands, is what it really says here. Now we're going to do, uh, I pledge my faith to one nation with God leading, uh, not to be divided. Okay, so it says, Uninationi. Uninationi. Deo Ducente. Deo Ducente. Uninationi Deo Ducente. Deo Ducente is one of those phrases that's even used in English. Sometimes it means God willing or with God leading. Uh, Deo Ducente. Non dividendi. So let's do that phrase again. Uninationi Deo Ducente non dividendi. Cum libertate, justitiaque, omnibus. Cum libertate, justitiaque, omnibus. That means with liberty and justice for all. Let's just, I'm going to go through it one more time, a line at a time. And I know you won't remember it, but if we get the recordings, you'll have it to listen to. Fidem meam obligo, exilo, kiwitaki. Americae fortaritarum. At Republicae Proquastat. Uninatione Deo Ducente non dividendi. Cum libertate justitiaque omnibus. Now, that word omnibus at the end, that's an interesting word, an interesting way Latin helps you in English. Omnibus, what do you think that would mean based on your knowledge of the pledge? For all. Um, for all. Okay. Omnibus. In England, way back during the 16th or 17th century, I don't know, whatever, they developed a transportation system that wasn't just people using carriages and horses. It was a system that anyone could take. And this system was called omnibuses. That is, it was a system for all. That word omnibus got shortened to bus. And that's where we get our word bus from, from this exact Latin word. That's kind of a little... Little interesting, uh, little interesting thing for you. Now, I thought we'd also learn to say the alphabet in Latin. Now, um, we're going to do a cool thing. The letters that are left out, we're going to replace with a clap, with a hand clap. So it goes like this: A, B, K, D, A, F, 
gay. Okay, so those letters are nothing's left out so far. A, B, K, D, A, F, G. A, B, K, D, A, F, G. Okay, now, in the next group, H, I, J, K, the J is left out, so we're going to clap. We're going to say, ha, E, ka. Ha, E, ka, L, M, N, O, P. Ha, E, ka, L, M, N, O, P. Ha, E, ka, L, M, N, O, P. Then, ku, er, S, T, U. Ku er s t u. That is Q R S T U. Ku er s t u. Ku Now I have to admit I'm I'm cheating a little bit here. Um, I, to keep the rhythm going, to get the rhythm going just right, I put a clap after ooh. Nothing's left out. Um, but I do it to keep the rhythm. So I say ku er s t u clap. They clap. Now there is no w. But we leave it, so we leave it out. Eeks, clap. Eek. Now the Y sounds like the French U because it comes from Y. It comes from the Greek letter upsilon. So you say U and you clap and you say Zeta and you clap four times. Go <gasps> like this. A, B, K, D, A, F, G. Ha, E, Ta, L, M, N, O, P. U, R, S, T, U, V, Eeks, U. Zeta. And the kids, kids used to kind of enjoy that at school. Ah, B, K, D, A, F, G, Ha, E, Ka, L, M, N, O, P, U, R, S, T, U, V, E, U, Zeta. Gary, I thought you said there was no K. Am, did I hear you know, You know something, Andrea? You know something? You're exactly right. You get an A for the day. Uh, and that is weird. I've been teaching this for 20 years and never thought. I'll bet K day AFK. Yeah, we got to leave that out. Yeah, because I think there might be one Latin word. Actually, there is. There's one Latin word I can think of with a K in it, and that's the word calendi, where we get calendar from. So there is one word with a K. So I, so actually, yeah, I guess we should leave it. I did say there wasn't a K, but there is one word that I know of with a K. That's it. I don't think that's fine. I thought right. maybe I heard wrong or something. No, no, no. You heard right. That's good. If, if you were one of my students, you'd have an A for me. If, if, if I was still teaching. Okay, now let's do the, let's do the months of the year because they're the same pretty much as what we have in English. And I think you'll be able to guess what, what they are. Januarius, Februarius, Martius, Aprilis, Maius, Junius, Julius, Augustus, September, October, November, December. So again, Januarius, Februarius, Martius, Aprilis, Maius, Junius, Julius, Augustus, September, October, November, December. There we are. Now, one other thing I'd like to teach you is this, and I bet you can guess what I'm doing when I do it. What am I doing right now? Unus, duo, tres, quatuor, quinque, sex. Can you guess? Counting from one to ten. Yeah. So, it's almost like Spanish. In Spanish, you say uno, dos, 
tres, right? Mm-hmm. But in Latin, you say it's almost exactly the opposite. Say unus duo. So unus duo tres, quator quinque sex, septem octo novem decem. Unus duo tres, quator quinque sex, septem octo novem decem. Now, I do have a question. You now know what septem, octo, no whim, and decim mean. How come then September is oh, not uh, the seventh yeah, month? Yeah, yeah. Why isn't October the eighth month of our year? Why isn't November the ninth month? Why is September the tenth month? Um, can you hear me? Yes. Carla, um, it's because um, September, October, November, December come from the cardinal numbers from seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Um, because the Latin year started, um, you know, um, in, in, um, with March or, th- you know, with April. Rather. Carla, you are, the, you are the first person I've ever had in all my years teaching who got that correct. Well, I've been, I know some Latin, so I guess. You got that right. No one ever gets it right. Most people say. Latin. We had most Latin people say, because Julius Caesar after he died, they named July after him. When Augustus yeah. died, they named August after. But the thing they don't realize is before July and August, they were called fifth month and sixth month. They were called quintilis and sextilis. So, and, and Gary, we also have, of course, we have the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendar. So those, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true, too. But this the calendar that Julius Caesar came up with in his time is very similar to the Gregorian calendar. Before Julius Caesar, they had a terrible time because the months kept getting screwed up because they were using a lunar calendar, and that means the months were too short, and they'd end up with the months getting way behind the rest of the year. In other words, you know, the days got all messed up, and they would have to have some month, some month that had no month at all to get the year to catch up with. So mm-hmm. uh, Julius Caesar fixed all that, and then Gregory with Gregory worked on it a little bit too. So, mm-hmm. but but it's because of uh, as Carla said, the Roman year used to start in March, and yeah. that's and that's, that's why, that's and that's why I did. I had a quick question, Gary. Sure. Um, when when I was you know learning Latin, I learned that the Y was Ugraica. Um, you could say that. You could say that. Uh, you could say that, and I don't know where I saw it as U. It's it's like the French. It it is pronounced U, and I suppose like, you could say yeah. You yeah, you could, you could say that. Yeah, and it's like the Y in Spanish, yeah, Greek and French. Yeah, I don't know where I learned. I don't even know where I learned that alphabet. I don't know where I saw it. I don't know how I learned it. But so yeah, but you could certainly say I wouldn't count it wrong. You said Ugreka. It's Greika. Ugreka. Yeah, that's the way I heard it too. Yeah, very good. Very good. You heard? You had this too. And you heard this in Latin? I mean, you know this in Latin? Uh-huh. Very good. Okay. Well, then that's probably... Well, we were going to Catholic, Catholic school, yeah. Oh, very good. Okay. Now, I, I missed the beginning, too, of the um, Roman... Now, the other quick question I had, and then I'll shut up. I, I got in a little late because my school ran over. But um, um, we also learned about two kinds of Latin being the um, vulgar Latin, the Vulgate 
in the you know classical Latin. So like if you had a word like equus would be the classical Latin and the vulgar Latin would be caballus. So we get our words like equus, um, we get equine for horse for that. And then caballus was like um, cavalry. Um, you know, we got the words cavalry. Um, our um, vulgar Latin or the Vulgate, the language of the people and the Roman um, are those two systems um, just like the Roman and the Catholic, or is the Catholic a third um, system? Because okay, as I say, I got it approaching. I, I I got it as an approach from a linguistic. That, that's how I learned Latin was linguistic Latin, if you know. Yes. What I mean. Well, now linguistically, there are two kinds of Latin. Two kinds of Latin. There's conversational or vulgar Latin, which is what people spoke, and that's you can see little glimpses of that if you read Latin plays or if you read some of Cicero's letters or if you read a novel by Petronius you can see little glimpses of that conversational Latin then and that happens all the way through from Roman times all up into Catholic Latin times I guess and then you also have but which has nothing to do with the pronunciation then you also have the Roman system of pronunciation and the Catholic system of pronunciation, which didn't have anything to do with vulgar versus, uh, vulgar versus, uh, 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 you know, formal Latin, but it's just another way of, uh, it's just another way of dividing Latin, I guess you could say. You know, like you can say the British and the Americans speak differently, but along with the British and Americans speaking differently, there's also formal language and informal language, both in the Britain pronunciation and the American pronunciation. And so that's sort of what you're talking about. The, more like what we would call informal style is more conversational Latin, whereas the more formal style is like Virgil and Horace and Ovid and Caesar, and those guys. And you're right about, by the way, there are two animals in Latin that changed. We're going to talk about animals next week, but there are two animals that changed their their name, equus, is horse in Roman Latin, and then cabalus is Latin in uh, mid, during the Middle Ages. The word cabalus started to be used, and maybe that was because of vulgar Latin. But that word cabalus, yeah, that's where you get the is where that's where you cabalus. get the word in Spanish caballo. Yep, caballo and cheval in French. Uh, there's another animal that did exactly the same thing, and that's the animal cat. Phallus is what it's called in Roman Latin. But in the Middle Ages, it became kata, and that's where we get cat. And that could have been from vulgar Latin, uh, some influence of it coming in there. So very interesting, very interesting, very interesting. Um, I, so let's just go over the alphabet in the months real quickly here. Alphabet again. A, B, K, D, A, F, K. Ha, E. Ka elemenope. Ku er s te u ve x u zeta. Or u grega. U greika. U greika. You like to say it better than that. Uh, months of the year. Januarius, Februarius, Martius, Aprilis, Maius, Junius, Julius, Augustus, September. October, November, December. Okay. Another question we can ask each other. Quid est tibi nomen? Quid est tibi nomen? What is your name? Quid est tibi nomen? Literally, it's saying, what is the name to oh, you? Yeah. What is the name to you? 
we would say in English, what is your name? Quid est tibi nomen? And the answer is nomen mihi est, plus whatever your name is. Nomen mihi est. So if I were to say to Jane, quid est tibi nomen? She would say, nomen mihi est, Jane. Quid est tibi nomen? Quid est tibi nomen? Um, and I, I have a little tiny dialogue here, which is just two boys talking to each other in Latin. And you don't have to memorize this, but it's a cute little dialogue and it'll, keep, it'll give you some practice on this. It goes like this. One boy says to the other, uh, wait a minute, what's my place here? Uh, he says, Salwe puer, Salwe means hello boy. Salwe puer, quid est tibi nomen? And the second boy says, nomen mihi est Marcus. Et tibi, quid est nomen? The second boy says, et tibi, quid est nomen? By the way, notice you can change the word order. You can say, quid est tibi nomen? Tibi, quid est nomen? Quid est nomen tibi? It just gives a little tiny bit different emphasis. And the second boy says, nomen mihi est Lucius. Quis est pater tuus? First boy says, who's your dad? Est Marcus Tullius Senator Romanus. He is Marcus Tullius, a Roman senator. Et tuus pater quis est? And your dad, who is he? Est Publius Cornelius. Est quoque Senator Romanus. Uh, first boy says, Wisne nobis cum pila ludere? Do you want to play ball with us? Wolo, I want to. Said non posum odie. Can't today. Cross for tasse. Then they say, Wale, Egator. Goodbye then. Wale. Wale. So let's just repeat this little dialogue and I will say the meaning of it and then we'll, we'll uh, do it real quick. Um, okay, so he says, Salway Puer, when has to be no men? Hello, kid, what's your name? Salway Puer. Sorry, I didn't recognize. Yes, Tibby, no man. And the second uh, voice says, My name is Marcus. No man, me, he has Marcus. Tibby, quit as no man. And what's your name? No man, me, he has Lucius. My name's Lucius. Quit as Pater to us. Who's your father? Est Marcus Tullius, Senator Romanus. Et to us, Pater, quit as. Your dad, who is he? Est Publius Cornelius. Sorry, est Senator Romanus. Quisne nobiscum pila ludere? You want to play ball with us? Wolo, said non posum hodie. I want to, but I can't today. Cross portase. Tomorrow, maybe. Wale, Egator. Goodbye, then. Wale, goodbye. And so to say hello and goodbye, say hello to one person, salwe. Say goodbye, wale. And that's where you get salutatorian and valedictorian. What's the salutatorian in graduation? What is a salutatorian? Um, it's the one that's the second smartest in the class. Yeah. And, the and what does he do? And what does he do? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He greets you. He, 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 he welcomes you to the graduation ceremony. Whereas the valedictorian says goodbye. Um, he's, he's the one that says okay. the farewell, the, the valedictorian. So that's where they get that. Ah, uh, okay. I thought we'd talk about Roman names a little tiny bit. Roman names 
the Romans had three names, just like we do, uh, most of them. Uh, and the first name that they had is called the, the pre-nomen, that is the first name. The second name they had is called the nomen. And the third name they had is called the cognomen. Now, the first name they had is kind of, um, it's kind of funny because uh, there were only about 14 of them in use. So, like, if you went into a room and said, Marcus, you're going to see a lot of hands raised. Uh, and if they wanted to make sure you knew, they would use both names. But there's only about 14 of these first names. Things like Marcus, things like Publius, things like Titus, things like Gaius, G-A-I-U-S, Gaius. And these names are so common that they, they were abbreviated sometimes. Like uh, Gaius is abbreviated C for some reason. Um, uh, Julius, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Marcus was M, you know, and so they all had uh, abbreviations to them. The second name told you what family a person belonged to. That is, it told you to what family a uh, person belonged to, like our last name does. And the third name told you to what branch of the family a person belonged. So let me give you some examples, some famous examples, just a few from Roman history. For example, here's a guy. His name is Marcus Tullius Cicero. We know him as Cicero. Okay, his first name is Marcus. That's a great, you know, common name. Second name, Tullius. Third name, Cicero. Now, so the, it means his name is Marcus. He belongs to the Tullian family, and he belongs to the branch of the Tullian family called Cicero. Now, the name Cicero, the word Cicero means garbanzo bean or chickpea. You know what they are? You get them in salad bars sometimes. And so maybe somebody in his family either had a nose that looked like a garbanzo bean, or maybe they grew really good garbanzo beans on their farm. We don't know. But, but by his time, it just means I belong to the branch of the family known as the garbanzo bean branch. All right, let's take Gaius Julius Caesar. Gaius, that basic first name, Julius, he belongs to the Julian family. Caesar, we don't know what Caesar means. It might mean he was born of a Caesarian section. And if he was, by the way, whoever was in that family, their mother died because he couldn't keep them alive. It might mean something about an elephant. Some people think it's an African word for elephant. So maybe somebody in Caesar's family either killed an elephant, rode an elephant, fought an elephant, something like that. Um, and so Gaius, from the Julian family, from the branch of the Julian family that had something to do with either elephants or being born of a Syrian section. Two more names. Publius Avidius Nasso. Okay. His name is Publius. He belongs to the Avidian family, and he belongs to the uh, branch of the Avidian family, which means big nose. Uh, Gary, excuse me. It's <laughs> 10 of. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Whoever this guy was, Somebody in his family had a big nose. We know him as Ovid. He wrote, you read about him in Eve Hamilton. He writes very good, very imaginative mythology poems. She doesn't like him too much, but he really is a very good author. And then last of all, Quintus Horatius Flaccus. Quintus is the first name, basic first name. Horatius, meaning he was from the Horatian family. And Flaccus means flop-eared. So somebody in his family must have been flop-eared. Somebody way back. Who knows? We know him as the poet Horace uh, in English. 
Okay, so that's just a few examples. Anybody have any questions about Roman? Oh, the girl. Let's talk about girls. Girls came off on the short end of the stick. They were given the feminine form of their father's second name. So if you were Marcus Tullius Cicero's daughter, your name was Tullia. If you were Gaius Julius Caesar's daughter, your name was Julia. Um, and that's the only name they had. They only had one name, and it was the same as their dad's. It would be like today if you knew somebody named Jones, and he had a daughter. His daughter's name is either Jones Girl or Jonesy. It's almost like what happened if he had more than one daughter? Then you said first, second, third. You called her prima for first, secunda for oh. second, tertia for third, quarta for fourth, quinta for fifth, etc. And so all of them had the same name, but then you differentiated by what number they were. And by the way, um, once in a while you might give a girl a nickname like Priscilla, meaning redhead. Something like that, but but you don't get too much. We don't find out too much about the nicknames. Most of them, they seem to have just either been called first, second, third. So you can see the girls really did come off kind of bad on this thing. They really did. Um, was I going to say anything else about that? Oh, boys. We do know about one boy's nickname, which is longer than the name. Cicero said that he had a nickname. Cicero. His nickname was Cicaroniano. That's even longer than Cicero. So I don't know. I don't know. All right. I wanted to just take the rest of the class and talk a little bit, a little bit about mythology. Um, about mythology. And just to, I thought if we could get over three gods each class, by the time we finish this course at the end of six weeks, we would cover all the Olympians. So I thought that would be a good thing to kind of do. Uh, at least get through the Olympians. So when you get on playtime and they ask you questions, you'll know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, question. Let's talk about who is the who is the head god? Who is that? Who is the main god? The, the king of the gods, you might say. Jupiter. Jupiter. All right, Jupiter. If in the Roman, in Ro his Roman name is Jupiter. What's his Greek name? Zeus. Zeus. And he's also called by another name sometimes. Sometimes he's called Jove. Jove. Sometimes he's called Jupiter. Sometimes called Zeus. Sometimes it's called Jove. And by the way, the word Jove is where we get our English word jovial. Since Zeus is a god of hospitality, if you're jovial, you like to be a good host and that kind of thing. That's where we get that from. Because Zeus, Zeus has got two totally different sides, as Edith Hamil Hamilton points out. On one hand, that, he's one of the. I'm sorry. Is that where we get the phrase by Jove? Yeah, well, yes, it is, because the English. You know, in England, they were reading a lot of Latin. Was there, well, yeah, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> Gary, could you spell these as we go along? Yes, Z-E-U-S is Zeus, J-U-P-I-T-E-R is Jupiter, and J-O-V-E is Jove. And Jane could tell you the reason that you get the Jove is that's, that's when you change the form of the word, his name has a really weird conjugation or declension, and that's why you get Jove. Um. Zeus is a god that has two totally different sides. On one hand, he's the biggest lecher in the world. He's constantly having love affairs with women and constantly cheating on his wife and then trying to cover it up and getting caught. And he's terribly henpecked by his wife. And he's on one hand kind of scared of her. And on the other hand, he's the king of the gods. So, and the reason this happens is, you remember what Edith Hamilton told you why this 
why this happens. <coughs> There's a history reason for it. Because at one time, Greece had a lot of minor gods or maybe even goddesses that people worshipped. And as the worship of Jupiter called on, the way they had Jupiter take over various areas is to have him marry the, the local goddess of that area. And so that the way they could tell you stories about that is to say he had an affair with that girl or whatever, you know. Um, so that's probably why. Um, you remember what his symbols are? What are his symbols? What are the things he's known that sort of go along with him? Lightning bolt. Lightning bolts. You're exactly right. He throws lightning bolts from heaven. And that's where we get the lightning. What else? The Egypt, mm. which is like a breastplate that he wore. The Aegis, the oak tree, because he's the strong god, and his oracle is the rustling of oak leaves. That's how you could tell what the future was if you went to this oak grove and listened to leaves rustle. And then also uh, the eagle. The eagle is his bird, because that's one of the biggest birds and, and so forth. Um, and the bull is another symbol often associated with him, though it is also associated with some other gods, but it is often associated. That's Jupiter. His wife, Juno. Juno is a very imposing woman. If you met her in real life, you would say, this is a woman I got to be careful how I act around. I got to be sure to, you know, uh, what, what's that expression? I got to be sure to mind my P's and Q's if I'm around her. She's very strict. She's very kind of, you don't know when she's going to get mad, when she's going to be, uh, you know, when you're going to be in trouble with her. Um, and that's where we get our word Juno-esque. If you ever heard that, if you, if you see a picture of a woman that looks rather severe and grand and elegant and royal, you might say she's a very Juno-esque woman. Her name is Juno. What's her Greek name? Hera. Hera, H-E-R-A. Um, she's not a very pleasant goddess. She's constantly finding out about Jupiter, uh, having these love affairs and she tries to then instead of doing anything to him because she can't she tries to mess up whoever it is he's in love with and so she'll turn them into something or or cause them some terrible problem if they're getting ready to have a child she'll keep the kid from being born if she can uh, things like that uh, and so she mostly spends a lot of her time being vindictive and being mean uh, to people she is goddess of married women uh, and her symbols, what are her symbols? The peacock is one. Anything else? She's sometimes called the ox-eyed queen. She, she kind of reminds, her eyes must have been a lot like a cow's eyes. And again, <laughs> if, if Jupiter is a bull, then you can see that she would be a cow. So she's his, his wife. Uh, okay, real quick, Neptune. Gary, two minutes. Okay, I'm going to quit. I'm not going to do Neptune today. We'll do him next week. Next week, we're going to review all this a little bit, and we're going to talk about animals next week, and we're going to read a little story about a dog next week. Okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about, in fact, he's a guide dog. Oh, okay. He's, he's a Connus Duquesne. And uh, so we'll talk about that next week, and we'll do anything else you all want to do if you have questions. Does anyone, uh, Carla left, gave me suggestions. Does anyone have any questions before we close? We talked about a lot today. Could you review um, real quickly the differences between the letters that are pronounced in Roman and Catholic Latin? Yes. G in, in Roman, G and C are always hard. 
whereas in Catholic Latin, if it's C-E or C-I, G-E or G-I, it's che, ge, or uh, che or je, and if it's C-A-G-A, C-O-G-O, C-U-G-U, it's, it's, um, it's hard. Um, the, the V is a V uh, in Catholic Latin where it's a W in regular Latin. The A-E is A in Catholic Latin where it's I in Roman Latin. Uh, the T-I-O is Tia in Catholic Latin and just Tia, the T-I-A in, in regular Latin. And we'll practice this. If we're still together by Christmas, we'll sing some Christmas carols in Catholic Latin mm -hmm. so you can get the hang of it uh, a little oh, bit. Oh, cool. That's basically it. That's basically Any other questions? I, I do. Yes. Yeah, it was new. Um, I felt like I was kind of falling behind a little bit because you went kind of fast with the, uh, the alphabet and the, and the counting because this is my very, very first time learning Latin. Right. Uh, well, I'm hoping... Hanging on to it. I'm hoping, Nora, that we can get these recordings. Uh, this class was recorded today, and I think that Cindy can get it to you guys. You might have to write to her and ask her... Uh, what did they write? They write to community at acb.org. Is that what it is? Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, community at acb.org. If you want a recording of this, you that's can ask me. her. And I'm going to try to send out some notes on Brand this too, that you can read on your phone or you can read it with a braille yeah, display. Yeah, so between the recording and between whatever notes I can send you, that'll help you a lot in the, you know, that'll help you because because I did go over it kind of fast. Normally, I would have drilled yeah, it. Right. I don't have a Braille display or anything. I just have email. But you, that'll be fine. It'll come in your email. I mean, uh, I guess so. Yeah. I guess right. you get a link and you can click on the link and then you can you can read it with your computer or your phone or whatever you like to use. You know, however yeah, you I have. I have just a computer and iPad and that's it. And that'll be <laughs> fine. Very that'll cool. Mm hmm. No, that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. But anyway, uh, you know, let me yep. know if you guys have trouble getting this stuff. Um, I'll try to get it out for you this week and see what we can do. Um, 